Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. You ready? You sure? Are you excited? How many are excited for the Super Bowl? Free people. Sounds like it's popular here, but... um. How many are men, Free Chapel men are walking a little bit uh, slower, slower this morning after uh, how many got a beat down yesterday on the field? Some of the Free Chapel men were worshipping with their arms by their side, not because they love Jesus, just because it hurts to raise their hands this morning. Free Chapel men played football yesterday, but, um, but uh, it's going to be, we're going to have some fun. So hang around this afternoon. It's going to be good. But I'm just going to preach something and um, that sort of in keeping with the, uh, with the Super Bowl theme a little bit, but something... It's always a fun time of year. We gather together and we watch the Super Bowl and we celebrate it. Sport is a powerful thing. It has the ability to gather people. And uh, something with sport is whether you, whether you know uh, about the game or not, I mean, I don't think I can give you one rule in NFL. I don't think I know a single rule. I know something to do with getting the ball through the stick, but you've got to touch it down as well. I think you can. Posts. But there's something, even if you don't know about the game, doesn't matter about sport, whether it's tennis, whether it's boxing, whether it's basketball, whether it's football, whether it's soccer. There's something that everybody is drawn to when it comes to sport and something that everybody loves and that thing is a good comeback. Everybody loves to watch a good comeback, don't we? When you watch and you see a team that gets beat down, you see a team that is on the bottom. There's something about us as humans is whenever, even if you don't understand the game, you'll stand and you'll watch when there's a good comeback happening. And I want to preach something to you this morning that I really feel is something that can equip you in your life. Because how many know that we're all going to face challenges and we're all going to face obstacles and we're all going to go through things. But what I want to preach today is I want to preach seven essentials to a comeback. Because you need to understand that you serve a God who is the God of the comeback. The Bible is full of stories of comebacks. Jesus Christ Himself was the greatest comeback of all times. And you have to understand that you are wired to come back. It doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter what you're facing. It doesn't matter how bad it's gotten. It doesn't matter what the diagnosis is, how bad the family is, how mixed up the marriage might be, that you are wired for a comeback. And that's what God has for you. And I'm believing that for 2016, it's going going to be the year of the comeback for each one of us for here at Free Chapel. Do you believe that? We love a good comeback, don't we? Come on, how many love a good comeback? You know, one of the things that I love watching is I love watching as that's happening, you start to see the, the, uh, the faces of the opposition. You know, they're starting to hang their heads. Do you know the enemy doesn't want you to come back? But what I love is as well, in the same breath, it's giving you the faces of the opposition and they're frustrated and they're, they're beat. But then it shows you the faces of the supporters and they're cheering. And, and, and the verses I was just standing there came to me in Hebrews where it says that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. 
do you know that heaven is cheering for you to come back? And I started thinking about those of you that have taken some beatings and those of you that have been up against some stuff and those of you that are fighting for your marriage and you're you're praying for your kids to get saved and come back to God and you're praying for your business to get come back to life and you're praying over a diagnosis. I can see heaven actually looking down upon you, stirring, trying to stir you in the Spirit and say, come on, this is your comeback season. This is your comeback year. I can see Noah starting to speak some faith and say, come on, I know it looks stupid, but it was stupid. Stupid for me building that ark. You need to start to stir some faith. And I can see Job looking at you saying, I know you feel like you've lost everything, but come on, it's time for your comeback. And, and I can look across and I can see the Gideon saying, come on, I know you feel like you don't have enough strength, but trust me, you can do it. And I can see the Davids stirring you. Those that feel like you're facing a giant and they're speaking down from heaven saying, this is your year for the comeback. Because you have to understand that there, is, there are principles within the Kingdom of God that if we apply and live in our life, there is nothing that will hold you back. There is nothing that will keep you down. And every single one of us are gonna go through challenges. Every single one of us are gonna get bad news. Every single one of us are gonna take a hit. Family issues, they're gonna happen. Financial issues, you're gonna walk through them diagnosis is you're going to get them. But if you learn how to come back, nothing will beat you. Nothing will hold you back. In fact, if you learn how to come back, you'll just get stronger. And every time you take a hit and come back, you're going to come back stronger. And then you'll take a hit again and you'll come back stronger again. What does James say? Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because the testing of your faith, it develops perseverance or endurance. Do you believe that 2016 is going to be your year of the comeback? I believe that and I feel that in my heart. I believe it for businesses. Don't lose faith. I believe it for marriages. I believe it for families. Declare it over your life and declare it to the enemy and to all hell that you're about to come back. You're down, but you're not out and you're about to come back. So I want to give you a quick message. I want to give you seven essentials to a comeback. Are you ready for this? Are you sure? Awesome. The first thing, firstly, a comeback is described as a new effort to win or succeed after being, lost, uh, after being close to loss, defeat or failure. The first thing, the first essential to a comeback is courage. You got to have some courage if you want to come back. What what did God say to Joshua at the start of Joshua? He speaks to him and he stirs him and he speaks faith and he says, everywhere you set your foot, I'm gonna give you. But then what does he go on to say? And in fact, if you look at Joshua, he says it to him four times. He says, but be strong and very courageous. Because he knew that even though there was victory ahead, even though there is territory that I've given you, you're still gonna take some hits. You're still going to have to fight a bit for it. You're still going to have to have some strength. Your destiny is not just going to land in your lap. You're going to have to fight all hell together and you're going to have some courage to bounce back every time you take a hit. There's a great story in the Bible and it's a story in 1 Kings when it talks about Elijah. Elijah was a man that was walking in victory. He had defeated the prophets of Baal and had this awesome victory. And then this word comes out from Jezebel. Basically, she said, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm coming for you. 
And Elijah freaks out. He takes this setback. It hits him. It, it affects him more than, almost like more than it should. And Elijah in 1 Kings 19.13, it says, So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went and stood in the entrance to the cave. He had escaped. He had run away. He was, he was chilling. He, was, he, was, he was pulled himself away from everyone and he was freaking out. In verse 14, and he said, I've been very zealous for the Lord of hosts because of the children of Israel have forsaken your, your covenant, torn down your altars and killed your prophets with a sword. I am left alone and they seek to take my life. He's down, he's beat, he's feeling under it. But then it says, then the Lord said to him, go, return your way to the wilderness of Damascus. And then he begins to say to him what to do. He says, anoint Haziel, the king of Syria. Also, you shall anoint Jehu. He begins to, what he does, what, he, what God begins to do is he begins to speak a strategy. But I love that God begins. It's almost, it, if you look at this story, it's almost like God has given him a little bit of a slap. Saying, come on, step up. Stop whinging, stop moaning, stop whining about how bad everything is. You've got to get some courage. If you want to learn how to come back, it's going to take some courage. It's going to take some strength for you to step into what God has for you. Understand the reason why you face resistance is because the call on your life is great. Enemy always attacks those things that are of greatest threat to him. The greatest business idea the enemy's coming after. The most powerful marriage is going to come under the most amount of attack. And you've got to understand for you to walk in what God has for you, you're going to have to have some courage. Courage. Some strength. The second thing that you need to have, the second essential to a comeback is discipline. Discipline. I think discipline is one of the most underrated things in the kingdom of God. In your Christian walk, discipline is a powerful, powerful thing. I was telling the earlier service, a, a man who's known for, for phenomenal, uh, uh, life-changing theological teachings all around the world is a man by the name of Kevin Connor. T.D. Jakes was asked in an interview, who has affected your life the most? And he said, there's a man called Kevin Connor who has written some of the most powerful revelations of doctrinal that he's unwrapped. The, the, the Word of God is so powerfully. And they interviewed, I remember watching an interview with Kevin Connor. And they sat down with him and he has huge success and massive multi-campus churches and, and has ministered all over the world and written numbers of books. And they said to him, what's the most, um, if you had to boil your Christian walk down and the success of your Christian walk down to one thing, what would it be? And he just simply said, discipline. Discipline in my prayer life, discipline in the word, discipline in time with my family. I wanna tell you, discipline it's a powerful thing to coming back because you're going to have to learn some disciplines in your life that you just simply stick to. When you take a hit, you've got disciplines in your life that when you get hit, you say, you know what? I know what to do. I'm just going to get up. I've got to wait tomorrow and I'm going to read the Word and I'm going to pray and I'm going to put God first and I'm going to declare because that's what I've always done and has worked before and I'm just going to keep doing it again and I'm just going to practice the discipline. It's discipline. It's, it's hard sometimes to read the Word. Let's be real. Some of you are going to get shocked, but sometimes I wake up and I don't feel like reading the Word of God. I know it's incredibly unspiritual of me. But let's be real. Don't. Sometimes we look at it and it doesn't make sense. 
Don't tell me you read Leviticus and walk away feeling pumped up. Come on, let's be real. Some of you are looking at it like, why in the heck am I doing this? It doesn't make sense. I don't understand it. But what you're doing is you're applying a discipline that says, you know what? I'm just going to read it because it's the Word of God and I'm going to get it in my spirit and I might be depositing something in my spirit that I don't see the fruit of now. But when I face some consequence, I face some trials, I can draw back from this because I practice the discipline. It's discipline in prayer life. Don't just, if you just think you're going to pray when you just take a big hit, I promise you, you won't because you haven't practised it. Prayer life is practised. Look at this story of Daniel in the story of Daniel. Daniel was, I mean, the dude is walking in some victory. He's doing well. He's got favour with the king. He's the man. He's walking around. Dude's looking fit because he's, you know what I mean? He did the fast. He just like us come in February. He's looking good. You know, he's had fruit and vegetables cut down, looking lean. He's got his boys. They're all, they're all looking good. He's got favour. And then look at what happens. It says, so these governors and satraps throng before the king and said thus to the king, Darius, live forever. All the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and satraps, counsellors and advisors, everybody basically. It says, now O king, establish a decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law goes on and then it says, Therefore, King Darius signed, written the, the decree. Basically, we know the story. They all gathered together to conspire against Daniel. He takes a hit. Everybody's out for him. Everybody wants him done. Everybody is opposing what's on his life. But look at what happens. Now, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, when it was done, listen, it is signed, it is done. And then he says he went home. And in his upper room with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. And look at this, this is key. As was his custom since early days. Why was Daniel able when he took the hit? Why was he able to his first response was a response to going prayer because he had practised a lifestyle and a discipline of prayer. A discipline of getting before God, a discipline of reading His Word. If you want to be someone that knows how to come back, you've got to be someone that lives a disciplined life. Being disciplined in the things of God. Set a time. Pastor Jensen says, if you don't have a time to pray and a place to pray, then you will never pray. Set it up. And listen, it's something that's hard sometimes. I know our schedules change, but you'll always make time for the things that are most important to you. We've got to make a decision. We've got to make a decision. Do you know what? This is something that I want, to, I want to put into my life as a discipline. And I'm telling you if, you, if you put this as a discipline, a discipline, listen, you can discipline yourself to trust in God. How do you do that? You learn, you practice it by trusting in God with just the small things. Leaning on God when you need something. Trusting in God. I loved how Pastor Jabin shared the other week of getting horrible news and in a difficult time. And it said, he said that he got the news and he was sitting in his car and he read that text message and he described it. All he knew to do right there in that moment was to put some worship on and just raise his hands and just begin to worship and give it to God. What is that? It's a discipline. And I want to encourage those parents here. You've got children that are watching you. Show your children the discipline of this is what we do as a family. When we get bad news, kids, this is what we do. 
we go to church and we lift our hands and we worship. We wake up tomorrow morning and we read the Word and we put Jesus first. We're not going to let a situation steal our praise. We're going to practise the discipline and the lifestyle of saying, you know what, God, I trust in You. This is what I do. It's a discipline. You practise that, I promise you, you walk in comebacks. The other thing, the number three essential to a comeback is your declaration. Whenever you watch a comeback, and we're watching it on the screen, and you can look at numerous comebacks in, in sporting events. Whenever, whenever there's a comeback, there's a language of comeback that they speak. They gather in the huddle. Do you think that when they gather in the huddle, this is something that I love about sportsmen and women. They understand this. There's a psychology in this that they get. Do you know that, have you ever seen them gather in the huddle and just put their helmets together and say, guys, this is really bad. Hey, this is horrible. Are you finding this hard? Yeah, I'm finding this really hard. What quarter is it? We've got another quarter of this. This is horrible. This, Listen, you never, a professional athlete, you will never, ever hear them talk about how bad it is. What do they do? They pull together and say, listen, we can do this. Come on, don't give up. Come on, keep striving. Let's keep working hard. Let's keep covering the bases. Let's keep playing defence. Let's keep throwing strong. Let's keep working hard. There's, what they're doing is they're lining up their declaration with where they want to head. If you want to know how to come back, you've got to line your declaration up with where you want to go. You've got to stop talking about how bad it is. Stop talking about how hard it is and start to declare where you want to head. There is power in your declaration. Look at the story. You know the story of Job. The story of Job. I mean, if you ever want to get depressed or read the Bible, read the story of Job. You start feeling bad about your life, read Job. You'll start feeling a bit better. Dude is going through every possible, I mean, everything is happening to him. Livestock, they're all killed. Properties are taken, stolen. His kids get killed. And what made it worse was all his friends were idiots. I mean, they were idiots. They're, listen, he's got all of these bad things happening and then he's got these morons standing around him saying, gee, it's really bad, isn't it? But then what Job does is Job makes, makes sure, look at this verse I want to show you in Job 13, 17. It says, listen carefully to my speech. And to my declaration with your ears. See now, I have prepared my case. I know that I shall be vindicated. Who is he who will contend with me? If now I hold my tongue, I perish. You need to let the tongue of declaration loose over your life and start declaring your comeback is on the way. You got to start to declare and you got to get in the, in the, in the, you got to get into a rhythm of declaration. Just start, even though you're going through some things, it's powerful when you just declare, you know what? God's in control. You know what? No weapon formed against me shall prosper. He that's in me is greater than he that's in the world. God's guiding and ordering my every step. So it's a debt, is power in your declaration. We've been talking about it with a, with a group on Thursday mornings at Business Prayer. When you declare the Word of God, you send out the Word of God over your situation. And the Bible says that the Word will do what it's set out to do. So it's possible that you can send the Word out over your situation and the Word will get there before you do and the Word will make a way where there seems to be no way. So when you step into a challenge, if you've declared over that challenge, 
then the Word of God has already gone and set up a breakthrough for you to walk in. But you've got to learn how to declare. You've got to make this a practice of your life. You've got to learn what it sounds like to talk comeback. It's got to be a language of our house, a language of your family, a language of this church that we don't, we don't talk defeat, we talk comeback. God, the, we, we just start to declare, I might be going through things, but I'm on the up. I love people in our church. I'll, I'll, I'll say hello to people and see people around. I'll say, how's your week? Listen, and you can tell people are going through stuff. People say, you know what? It's tough, but I'm on the comeback. This needs to become a language that we begin to speak because this, it's powerful when you start to declare, you know what? I'm on the up. I'm going through some challenge, but I'm going to come out. It's a powerful thing when you learn the power of a declaration, it'll release a a comeback. The fourth essential thing to a comeback is just simple faith. Just simple, grounded faith. We talk about it so much in church. But I want to tell you, if you want to know how to come back, if you want to be, be someone that constantly learns how to bounce back, you're gonna need to. You're gonna need to know what it is to have just raw, crazy faith. I mean, like stupid faith. You know what I mean? Like, like you think of Noah. You think of the story of Noah. We read about it. And we watch movies about it, and we think like it's a pretty story. Listen, that nothing he was doing was making sense to anyone else but him. Think about that. I'm telling you what God has called you to walk in. It might not make sense to anybody else around you, but you. Peter stepped out of the boat off one word, come. Have you got enough faith to step out of just one word? And it might look stupid to everyone else around you, but they won't be the ones that walk in the victory. It'll be you that walks in the victory. You got to, this is what I'm talking about. I'm talking about crazy, stupid faith that you know what, maybe even some other Christians don't get. And maybe it's other Christians, you need to be careful about what you share to them because they're not at a place to be able to receive what God is speaking to you. You got to get the right people around you that will get beside you and say, you know what, you need to do that. If God's telling you, you need to go. Because I believe what God is calling us to as a church is a radical supernatural calling. And if it's called to our church, then it's called to you as individuals. But you've got to have stupid faith. You've got to have crazy faith and faith will release a comeback. Because faith, crazy faith has the ability to look at a situation that makes no sense. Look at a situation where there is no possible way it can work out and still just get stirred. See, what people, what we try and do is we try and... We try and look at a situation and then we try and piece together and work out a way in which we think God will work it out. And then when we can try and work out a way in which we think God might try and work it out, then we have faith. That's not faith in God. That's faith in your understanding of God. But when you look at an absolute mess, when there is no possible earthly way it can work out and you still stand there in the face of it and say, you know what? I know it doesn't make sense. 
And I feel stupid even saying this. But I've got faith for God that God's going to do something. I've got faith that God's going to turn it around. I've got faith that God's going to heal me. I've got faith God's going to bless me. I've got faith God's going to restore. You've got to have that type of faith if you want to walk in a comeback. And we preach it a lot. But then when we're going through it, we, we, I'm just being real. We talk about it. How many times we talk about faith? We're going, I'm even going through you know, challenges. Chris and I have gone through challenges with, with our living situation at the moment. And, and you, sometimes you don't. Do we really believe? Come on, do we have enough of the Word in us? We say, you know what? I know it doesn't make sense. See, crazy faith will get stirred in the middle of obstacle. It'll be stupid faith that'll look at a diagnosis and say, I know it says cancer, but I just feel something in my spirit. It won't make sense to people around you and people say you're crazy. People will say you go, but you say, listen, this is the kind of faith I'm talking about. It'll be when, when, when the business, when it, it doesn't look like it's going to break through. When you don't have the connections, but you feel like you serve a God that doesn't need a connection to build a business. You got something in your heart that says, you know what, God can set it up. God can line it up. God can bring the right people and the right clients at the right time. This is the type of faith that we're going to need to have if you want to walk in comebacks. Crazy faith. The fifth essential to a comeback is you got to have vision. You've got to have vision. You've got to be able to see it. Can you see it in the Spirit? Is God, have you got with God enough to get that download from heaven that says, you know what, I can just see it. I've got vision for it. One of the greatest comebacks is the story of Samson. Samson took some, took some hits. And, uh, you know, we know the story and, Messed up with Delilah and got captured and all of this stuff. But then he came to the end and he humbled himself enough to say, God, give me one last comeback. I love the story of Samson. And, but what they had done to Samson is they had tied him up and they had plucked out his eyes. They had taken his vision. But what the story says in Samson, if you look at it in Judges, it says that he got a boy to lead him. He didn't have the vision for it. So he got a boy who had the vision. He got someone with him that had the vision to walk him to where he was called to be in that moment. And, and the story says that he stands there and he puts, he feels out his way and he puts his hands on the, on the pillars. And it says, and we know the story, he destroys, uh, he destroys the, the, the temple there and the Philistines and and he has the greatest victory that he ever walked in. See, vision is a powerful thing. The Bible says without vision, people cast off restraint. Without vision, people perish, another version says. Do you have vision for your comeback? Vision for your comeback. If you want to... If you want to get vision for your comeback, you got to. That's why. That's why the presence of God is such a powerful place. When you get with God, it's. I don't know about you, but sometimes if I can't see it, 
If I, if I can't visualize it, when I get with God, what He does is He gives you a, a you get a heavenly perspective. That's what happens in the presence of God. That's why you got to get in the presence of God, and then and then you start to get a vision of your comeback. And then as you start to get a vision, it'll start to stir faith. But you got to get in the presence of God to get a vision for your comeback. The sixth thing, are you still with me? You thinking about the Super Bowl? We're nearly there. The sixth thing, and this is a different one, but I believe this is powerful. The sixth thing, the sixth essential to a comeback is you need a breaking point. You need a breaking point. We talk about breaking point like it's a negative thing often in church. But without a breaking point, there's no comeback. Without a point of rock bottom, there's no comeback. So what you need to do is you need to understand that, you know what? The breaking point is not bad. The breaking point that I'm at is just setting me up for my comeback. Because there's not going to be a comeback until the breaking point happens. Sometimes things have to get to their absolute worst before you step into the comeback. You've got to have that breaking point. In Joshua, it says that when he found, when they had had the, the, the defeat in Ai, it said, therefore their heart, the hearts of the people melted and became, it says, became like water. Reached a breaking point. It's a powerful place to be when you have a revelation of who your God is. When you get to a, a breaking point in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 8, it says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We're persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. It might seem like the marriage is hit rock bottom, but you've got to stir your faith. We serve a God who is really, really good at rock bottom. Even just saying that feels good sometimes. Because humans, we're not. Isn't it true? Humans, we're... When we talk, we talk about rock bottom and it's like such a negative, like I'm just, I've just hit rock bottom. What you're saying is, I can't, I've got nothing else I can do. Do you know when you say that, that's when God steps off the throne and says, okay, good. When you say, God, I'm just, what are we going to do? How many times we say in business, well, what, I mean, you ever heard people say, well, I guess we're just going to have to pray. What a bummer. <laughs> but it's how we're wired, isn't it, as humans? We keep trying and striving and do our own thing and make it, do this and do that. And all the time God's just chilling saying, let's wait. Wait till He hits rock bottom. And then when you hit rock bottom, you say, God, I'm done. When you're just about to give up, He's just about to step up. And you say, God, I can't, I'm done, I can't. We've tried everything in this marriage. We've tried everything. That's where heaven starts to stir. 
That's when the angels start to gather. That's when God steps off the throne and says, okay, good. Now that you've tried everything in your strength, watch what I can do. But I need you to reach rock bottom. I need you to abandon yourself to all of the different ways in which you've tried to orchestrate things and make things happen. And you've got to stir some faith this morning. You might feel like you're at rock bottom, but there's a comeback coming because we serve a God of the comeback. He's a God of the comeback. You go through the, go through the Bible. Gideon, breaking point. Joshua, breaking point. Moses had a comeback. Dude's sent out to, he's in the middle of nowhere. Goes from Egypt to nothing. Dude's just chilling out with some sheep, like away from Egypt. Then has an encounter with God and God sets him up to be the deliverer. He's a God at the comeback. David, same deal. David is broken. He reaches this place of brokenness because that's in fact the seventh thing, the seventh essential to a comeback is brokenness. See, your breaking point without brokenness means nothing. You can reach a breaking point, but if the breaking point doesn't break you, you can reach rock bottom and just keep striving, keep pushing, hang on to your pride, keep trying to do your thing, keep trying to make it work. Watch me, I'll show them. I can do this, I can do that. You'll live your life in that place. But if the breaking point leads to brokenness. What God could do with a broken person. What God will do with a person that's humble enough to say, you know what, the reason why my marriage is screwed up is because I'm screwing up. What God will do with a husband or a wife that'll break, allow the Holy Spirit to break you enough to say, you know what, it's my fault. I'm telling you, you'll open the door to freedom and a comeback in your marriage, but you gotta reach that place of brokenness. I mean, brokenness is one of the most powerful things. Heaven is attracted to brokenness, something about it. That's why God hates religion so much because religion says, I got it all together. Religion says, I know what I'm doing. I know how to do this. I'm puffed up, I'm proud. But when broken people come before God, God will take brokenness and He'll cause a comeback. And I believe that God is speaking to some people here this morning. I know it's Super Bowl Sunday and and we're about to have some fun and it's going to be awesome. But I believe that God wants you to step into a season of comeback. But it's time for that brokenness. It's time for that humble heart. 
that'll be humbled enough to say, God, here's my business. People here that have gone through divorce, felt God speak to me during worship. It's a comeback season. Marriage breaks breakdowns. I'm telling you, you're coming back. But one of the most powerful things that'll trigger a comeback is brokenness. And I believe that God wants us to walk in this for 2016. It's the year of comeback. Do you believe that for your life? Turn to someone and say, I'm coming back this year. 2016, you need to watch this space because I'm coming back. We serve a God of the comeback. You know, the greatest comeback in history was when they thought it was all done. They put him in a tomb and they rolled a stone. They thought it was finished. Disciples were discouraged. But how many know that we serve a God of the comeback? It took him three days, but he got there and he came back and he took back every single thing the enemy had stolen. That's the God that you serve. I've got hope for families. Your family is coming back. I know it's messed up right now. And I know it, you, you can't see how it's going to work. And I feel God telling me to tell you it's, it's a comeback season for your family. He's a God of the comeback. Right across this place, let's all stand to our feet. I want you to grab your communion cup. you're not out. You're pressed on both sides, but you're not crushed. He's the God of the comeback. And the Bible says that it's not by might, nor is it by power, but it's by my spirit. We remember, we're going to remember now. If you need a communion cup, raise your hand if you haven't got one. But what we're going to do now is... Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.